The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. Check this. Welcome on all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, live on Highland Radio, or back via the podcast. The show is produced this evening by Kenneth Wilson. Kenneth, thanks for looking after me. Soon we're going to talk and look back at the weekend's action. Our club championships kicked off at the weekend there. We'll have a small chat about the up-and-coming uh, Donegal manager, hopefully going to be ratified this evening. Could be. We don't know yet. The rumours are flying about management and backroom teams. I'm going to talk to my two guests shortly about that. Uh, before we do, the ladies' club championship kicked off at the weekend, also at intermediate and junior levels with Kudor beating Ardra, Fanon in a victory over Killy Beggs. And Mulford coming off against, uh, coming off, uh, the better against St. Mary's of Convoy in the junior. There was ones for Letter Kenny Gales, Kilcar and McCool's. Before we get to a look back to our senior championship from the weekend, we have the small matter of potentially this song coming back again. Jimmy's winning matches. Jimmy's winning games. Jimmy's bringing Sammy back to Donegal again. Oh my God! Could it be? Could it be? Well, listen, I'm joined now on the line or by via the, the Zoom, rather, by two men. Well, one of them in particular, club and county teammate of his, John Gilday. And we're also joined by triple Dr. McGuire winner, Gary McDeer of Glen Swally. How are you, lads? Yes, Brad. All good, Brent. Lads, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, John, just to you, uh, Jimmy's won in matches. Um, Myself and yourself had a few conversations about this. You think it's a it's a perfect fit and 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 the right time for Jim to step back in. Yeah, I think I suppose given all the turmoil we've had over the last twelve months in particular, um, you know, if you were looking for a candidate that would step in and I suppose unify everybody across all fronts right now in Donegal football, Jim would be the man that would probably be at the tip of everybody's tongue given his success, you know, with Donegal over the last decade, and. You know, tie into the fact then that he's also a very strong individual personality wise, as you'll well know. And then, you know, if there's any other kind of things that are rumbling around on the outside, he's the kind of guy that'll make sure all the focus is on the team. He gets exactly what he wants in order for this team to turn it around and start competing and being successful again. So from that perspective, I don't think there's anybody out there that object to, to Jim coming back. And I think he's a, you know, the perfect panacea for what has ailed Donegal football over the last 12, 24 months. Um, and I know everybody that I'm speaking to right now is excited for multiple different reasons in the sense that A, Jim's coming back, has an amazing track record. And then the other side of the coin is people are saying, well, Jim wouldn't come back unless he's seen something there. Obviously, there's a lot of potential there. And that's getting people excited as well. And the third point as well is that you have a lot of new players in there <clears throat> that have done very well over the last 12 months, even in very adverse, you know, circumstances. You know, they performed really, really well. And being exposed to Jim and his training methods, his mentality, pulling in some very experienced backroom team around him as well is going to be a huge benefit for them and allow us to build for the future. So all in all, very exciting. Yeah, exciting. Gary, you concur with that, Gary? We've heard about this for a long time now around... Jim's name's been mentioned probably in the round the same time maybe as even the selection committee was being formed. And I was kind of thinking to myself, well, if he's good to go, then they just had to extract out the finer details. And I suppose a lot of people think Jim, if Jim puts his name or says I'm interested, then it's a box tick, let's go. But of course, there's a massive amount involved in that that has to be sorted out around his backroom team. You know, you're talking about top class S&C, doctors, physios, 
you know, what he needs is going to be full time. You know, there's, there's so many parts to this to, to pull together. If it is uh, going to be Jim that, 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 uh, that is, uh, I suppose, put up for, for, for the management job this evening. I tell you one thing, it'll be some disappointment if his name's not announced this evening because <laughs> yeah. Bull County has been building and building on. You know, is it a case that he's going to be announced as the manager? Is it a case he's going to be announced maybe as a coach of the team? I suppose, you know, from his own perspective, he's always said that he's interested in the, uh, still pursuing his career down the soccer route. And suppose, you know, he can understand he's put a lot of time into that. And maybe you could see him come in as a coach this evening under you know, some someone else where that would allow him maybe if a soccer thing opened down the road for him, it would allow him more easy to move on as opposed to if he was manager. So that's probably something not to be ruled out either tonight. I mean, you not think, though, Gary, Gary, would you not think though like Jim's going to be, he's going to be the man and it must be that he's decided that the soccer thing now is, is something that's not going to happen because I know from last year when he, when, when Carl and, 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 and Kavna were to come on, he was in the background Mm. Uh, certain advisory roles so it would open the door if something did come up yeah. I think he must be thinking right it's time for uh, this challenge back in the GA again he must have decided that no the time is right and if he's in there I can't I can't imagine anybody being above him <laughs> I don't know about you who would that no. be yeah uh, no listen you're, you're 100% right you know there was different ones Different things doing the rounds rumours and that during, during the last lock of months about you know the likes of Colin McFadden and Papa Durkin and people like that being involved with him, obviously from that 2012 team. And then this morning, I see the front page of the Irish Star had um, Big Neil Gallagher on the on the front page with him this morning as well with Jim that it's a done deal. So it'd be interesting that tonight to see where this goes and and who's going to be an, announced alongside side him. And yeah. as you said, more than likely, you know, you expect him to be the manager. And listen, it will. It'll give it a lovely laugh. So it will, yeah. and it's probably a good time. For a new management to come in, Donegal are in Division Two. You know, it's a nice bedding in place as opposed to Division One. It allow you time to find your feet. Not too much time in saying that either, because you know you have the whole thing. Remember, Bren, where they, the lower you finish in the league, is there a chance you could end up in the Talton Cup? So you know you don't have a while lot of bedding in period either. So, yeah. but it is it's better being in, being in Division One to allow him to find his feet and get players back and get new players in. Because listen, I think we've showed out there over the year gone by that we still have good players and even though every player wasn't on board this year we still had good players and we ran the likes of Darien for Owen well our two neighbours and of course there's a lot of rumours doing the rounds about Darien for Owen as well Kiermina has been linked to going into the Tyrone setup so he has and Malachi O'Rourke's been linked to take over Derry so and if you imagine Jim McGuinness came into Donegal whoa Bren that's just increased the level of uh <laughs> the Ulster Championship tenfold and of course the three of us being neighbours it just increases that intensity and that rivalry again between the three of us can you imagine if that happened Malaga work going to Derry Kiermina leaving Derry going in to join the throne set him Jim McGuinness going to Donegal it'll be some Ulster Championship yeah certainly we're going to we're going to cling on John just good points there Gary <laughs> just on the on the management team I mean I can't see let's say Jim does take the job I can't see anyway that Carl McFadden's not going to leave Sligo and come to Donegal and and you know you you've got a bond that Jim has with all them boys that not only it, it, would they bring something to it themselves but they could learn from him in terms of a future management you know the likes of Colum you know gets good, good gets a good time in with Jim you know, Carl obviously's 
up with Goku. I don't think he's going to be part of it. But, but you know, if Jim's in there four years, it doesn't he say that, that at some stage some of these other guys couldn't come on and join him? You know, even like some Mark McCusier guys again and just learn from Jim as they're doing now. As, as I'm hoping with these boys, John, that even when they're out there gaining experience, that they then come back to Donegal. You know, that's that's the way I see what they're doing. Maybe they don't see it like that. I suppose that's what I hope they would do. So anybody that's that's involved in this, John, and we've seen some massive management teams rolled out there, you know, around the, around the country when looking for jobs. But really with Donegal, I think once Jim's in, everything else is going to come in behind him. Yeah, and, and you touched on a couple of points there, Brendan, that are, that are very uh, relevant. I think <clears throat> what happened with that 2012 team in particular, because they're the household names, the Columns, the Papa, the Carlaces, etc. I think those guys leaving the county for a period of time is a really positive step in a, from a long-term perspective. Because I think in Donegal, what we've had is we've too much circular thinking. Our club football, everything is just this kind of slog, which then doesn't lead itself to, to creating ex- exceptional county footballers, for, for want of a better word. And I think going to Sligo and going to other parts of the country, down into <clears throat> Roscommon and Mark's case, up into Kilku and Carl's case, it's good because you're exposed to different different types of football, different training message, methods, different types of managers, and then it allows them to shape themselves and, and pick out the good things and then hopefully bring that back to a Donegal setup over the coming years. The other side of the equation is that you, know, if you can imagine if Jim went to any of those guys and said, listen, I'd like you to be involved It'll be a very, very strong character for very strong reasons to say no. But the other thing is, I think it's a very real opportunity for Donegal football right now to press the reset button and not just talk about Jim and his appointment now and look at the very immediate future, but also look at what our succession plan is. How are we go- Are we? And we're not going to have this conversation in two or three years' time again. You're not going to have this, you know, what's happening next. And we can build and develop and coach not just our footballers, but also our management structure, some very good managers around Donegal. You have young Barrett down in Milford, et cetera, et cetera. So encourage people like that that are in the management setups in different parts of the country to come in, work with Jim, um, see what's going on, bring their own slant on things, and then develop this, not just a two- or three-year plan, but develop a plan for the next 10, 15 years where we have this constant succession of really quality people who have worked at the very top level. And ultimately, that will lead to success because what we had in Donegal this year was we had a lot of players opt out. And when you have players opting out of a county setup, for whatever reason, it's it's never a good uh, sign of things. And if you remember back in the day, but we, you know, before we were successful and then we won an Ulster and then we went on to 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. I guarantee you, if the county management team at that stage, uh, Jim and Rory and all those different p- picked up the phone to anybody in the county, they would have dropped everything to go and play for Donegal at that point in time. And that's what we haven't seen in the last couple of years. And I think they'll bring that back as well. Because if you bring all the guys that from last year who stepped up when some of the so-called more seasoned players were gone, uh, you have some of the injured players back, and then you bring back all those guys that were away that weren't part of the squad, then, as Gary pointed out, we're still a very formidable outfit. And then you build the right management structure, the right fit- fitness regime around that. And nobody will want to see Donegal coming next year. And that's that's what everybody's excited about. Yeah. And, and Gary, some good points. I'll just leave that, the last uh, word on Jim there uh, to yourself. You know, what John's saying there is, you know, you almost need to kind of nourish these players. And I know like Simon McGee and, and Leo McLean that involved the 20s. 
you know, promote these guys up. You know, they're getting experience other places that they come back because we've seen the effect of it. I mean, it was it was it was really scary from a Johnny Donegal GA perspective last year, guy, when the when the management thing rumbled on, and we were like, who wants it or who can we get? And there didn't seem to be any like top class person out there to come get it. So the fact that Jim stepped in now, I mean, in many ways, on top of everything else, if he steers us into a good place again, which I've no doubt he will. There'll be repercussions off that of those boys that, that we've mentioned and John talked about that then they will be ready to take the job on and, and the future will look like more, I suppose, more solid because we've seen the effect of one one dodgy season and a load of guys don't commit or, or have injuries that suddenly need uh, clearing up and we go to Division 2. So the, having this, uh, I suppose, almost ready-made guys to step in is, is vital for our future. Yeah, it's, it's probably very similar to the way Carlisi had the academy run. He had a lot of people involved and kind of streamlined going down, you know, 14s moving up to 15s, the coaches, and then the coaches moving up to 16s and then 17s and so on. It'll be nice to see that continuity and have, like you're saying there and John saying about, have players, ex-players there who who are real Donegal men. I mean, I think that's very important that we need to put the Donegal back to Donegal. You know what I mean? Um, that was certainly lacking this year. Um, suppose you know that we didn't have when Paddy Carr left, we didn't have a Donegal man and, and the management team. I think that's very important that you always try and have wherever you manage it, that you have someone from the local area involved to just keep your finger on the pulse. Um, like when you look at it, you know, Carl Gilligan's been heavily linked, so he is to the backroom team of Jim McGinnis demand. And you can understand why he's always been linked. He's worked with Glenties in the past. So he has, and obviously with Jim being from Glenty, you can see the connection there, and that's why people are probably pointing to his name and this he's taking Kilku to an Ireland club coach name. So he, w- he certainly wouldn't be a, a bad shout at all to be part of to, part, to be part of a backroom team. So like it's really interesting going forward. Um, you know, you're on about no one wanted the job. I think I said to you before. Probably, you know, I'd be really envious looking at the likes of Throne and Derry and the amount of high-level administrators they have that are able to make sure that they get all their ducks in a row really quickly when people move on and jobs are filled quickly and the best people are got and there's and there's no issues. Um, that didn't happen, I suppose, the last time. It looks like it's happened this time. So certainly Donegal GA uh, executive, you know, if it all comes... Uh, in line, they deserve a pat on the back of this good sort of. Yep, yep, certainly. So we'll wait and see what happens this evening. A lot of interested men, uh, Donegal men and women all over the world waiting on this news to see what happens as Jimmy making his uh, comeback. Let's let's wait. You, and you see. might be the media officer, Ben. <laughs> I'll be hiding outside in the bushes. I see if I can pick up a few <laughs> words. No, I, you know what? I met Fergus McGee there one day, uh, the Donegal chairman. What a nice uh, guy he is. They kind of said, right, I'm going to ask you a few questions. First of all, know by your facial expression, whether it's right or wrong. <laughs> I, you get it locked away as if you said, don't even go there. <laughs> so, so yeah, listen, I like to leave these boys alone and, and, and do their job. You know, uh, I'm sure they'll get it. Get it together. Uh, just to say, lads, the senior championship kickoff at the weekend. Uh, John, listen, it's been a, quite a number of years, eight or nine years, since since a team from outside the top four beat one of the top four. And I know the top four is maybe <coughs> small, break, breaking up a wee bit as well, John. But just getting into the games, um, there's a couple there, John. Let's get let's get the kind of the, the the wee bit of a, a, a I suppose p- poor looking games from the weekend. I know it was a bad night. 
Now, Glenn Finn, uh, uh, won five to five with St. Michael's and four masters, three points to, to A. Rua, uh, at the weekend. Uh, John, just your take on, on, you mentioned that they're actually about club football, you know, and some of the, some of the tactics or th- when you seen them results, were you a wee bit kind of, uh, taken aback by it or did you think that's, that's the power of, uh, that's kind of where we're at with, with, with some of the, uh, I suppose tactics being employed? Well, I think it's a combination, as we all know, you know, uh, Saturday night was a particularly bad night. So I, I wouldn't be too hard on anybody because, you know, we put footballers out when we were taking animals in. So it's, 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 um, it was a strange night to be playing ball, but I do think it's symptomatic of, of Donegal football in general. And if you look from the top down and if you start at the top and if you're looking at last year's county final and you have Unions and Neve Connell, then, you know, right down through the ranks, there's this carbon copy, cut and paste, type of of play that really filters in during championship time. Um, if you look at some of the league games, the league games are exceptional. Um, you know, there's big scores, people are playing ball, it's man, you know, there's all sorts of things going on. And then as soon as the game becomes a championship game, everyone, you know, goes back into their shell again. And and the idea is, you know, make it as difficult as possible and then grind out results. So that was, I suppose, reflected uh, along with the weather on some of the results over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I felt sorry for Peter Campbell. We were doing updates. I was out in the Glen Swilly there, and uh, Peter was doing updates from that Four Masters A Rua game. It, it was a tough one. Uh, Gary Dunlow back in the back in the big time, and uh, you know wanted to get their campaign off to to a one and start. They did that. They left it late. Now Connor Green with a last minute fisted score to to beat Mulford by a point at home. Mulford, of course, missing a lot of players. They are to come back, but uh, it, it looks like a, a, a difficult uh, championship for Mulford, particularly in these early exchanges, but a great one for Dunlow. Yeah, you know, I think they were calling him the Wizard of Oz, young Green. He was just off, not long off the plane from Australia, so he's been away for a, a few years and he got the one in point of us that score with him. So, you know, there was nothing in, it in the league game down there. I think there was only a point in it as well, or a draw, if memory serves me right. Um, you know, you probably... I saw Dunlow play our boys in Division 2 this year and I would have said Dunlow was the best team, you know, behind the Glen in Division 2 this year. They were really unlucky, just they lost a couple of games. I I'm, Maybe they were missing men they lost a couple of games. It was the best team I saw in Division 2 this year. So, you know, they always say league football doesn't lie, but sometimes it does lie, you know, because they were, I, I was actually, you know, maybe expecting to win more comfortable down in Mulford because I was really impressed with them that day down in the Glen. And, um, Mulford, you know, stayed up last year on the last day, if memory serves me right, they sent Bundoran down. Um, so, you know, that's a bad start for them losing a home game. And, of course, they'll be looking at, you know, as the intermediate runners coming up, this is a game that we need to target. You know, they're the new kids on the block. We've been here now a long time. And in fairness, they've held their own for a good few years in senior championship and you no, know, John mentioned there the likes of Luke Barrett and that Luke hasn't played much club football with him um the last few years. So big loss with him, you know, he's a very good footballer as well, good club footballer around the middle of the field for for Milford, you know, and you're all about Brent, you're always on about the, the death of, of of Donegal Club football. So it's interesting to hear that about the weather had an effect on the scores and that. You know, I was actually looking there was a, almost a third of the teams almost there was five 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 of the teams that's um, only got six or seven scores over the weekend. So, mm-hmm. so you know, that kind of backs up what you're always seeing there when you have a third of the teams. Okay, granted, and I take on the point, John's point about, about, about the Weller as well, but it's still a concern, Brendan. Six, you know, six mm-hmm. scores, five scores, and you have five teams hitting that over the weekend, and you're on about Peter Campbell, difficult game to... 
to, to 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 report on as well. I mean, uh, 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 you know, it's not it's not given a lot for the media to shout about as and try and praise. You know, both swinging around the opposite side. Then you know, you had some very good scores. Glendings had three twelve, so they did over the weekend. Unions had a decent score, so they did as well. The Glen had a decent score. The Door had a big score. So there is the positives then as well on top of it. You know, when I saw Chris McNulty actually reporting in his piece uh, from the Unions game that Rory Cavanaugh shouting from the sideline, keep keep it keep the ball for ten minutes. So listen, and, and it, that maybe is the mentality in and some some games. You know, to to keep the ball and you know, I mean, there was a big piece done in the Ross Common game this year when they kept it for six or seven months against. Um, against Dublin. So what happens at national level, Brent, does filter down to club level and coaches are looking yeah. at this, you know, and it's a, it's and a so balance, it's a, Gary. It's 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 the balance still the county game, I'm not saying ever is ever perfect, but it has the balance because you have the fitness obviously higher, the pace of the game's higher. Mm. You have players you can score over the pitch, which maybe a club level then you don't have and you can shut down certain people, which means it's offloaded. So I can, listen, it's a balance, I suppose, um uh Gary, you know, Gary's talking there. Just you mentioned your own boys, Neve Connell. Um, uh, John, I'm just looking at this Leo McLoon man. You know, Martin Regan's back. <laughs> the soldier that's going on at the club there is just unbelievable. Uh, John, you know, and I was looking at Leo in that league final, bombing up the pitch, and I was like, this man is just like he's, he's like he's back to 25. You know, man of the match, uh, good opening day, uh, victory for, for your guys, John. Ah, yeah, I can. Pretty much as expected, and I suppose all the games kind of went to form to a certain extent. You know, there is a gap between what it would be perceived as the top, you know, three or four in the championship and, and everybody else. And it's up to everybody else to close that gap. And it, it doesn't seem to be closing anytime soon. And then from a Neve Connell perspective, you know, they've been going about it quietly in the sense that they haven't been setting the world alight, but you know, some of the older players are still intact. Anthony, Brendy, Leo are playing well. Um, and then what they've done is over the last couple of years, they've, they've introduced a, a lot of very, very good young talent as well. Um, you know, initially you had Kieran Thompson coming through, but then you have McGettigans, you have, you know, the Doherty's, uh, Jack McKelvey players of that caliber of all coming through and they've taken up that role as well. So, you know, they just seem to be continuously producing this very formidable, um, you know, outfit that everybody knows exactly what they're doing. They're very structured. They're very organized. And they have a huge amount of self-belief. And that comes from being in multiple county finals and being, you know, won in championships against the odds time after time. And again, it'll, it'll be a very good team. It'll beat them this year. And, and that's and ultimately John, what they set John, themselves is, over. Is this part of, say, the whole overall picture of Donegal Club football? If you look at Neve Connell, they're going for seven county finals in a row, right? Which is absolutely phenomenal in terms of, uh, you know, successful seasons. Does the other teams look and go, that's how we need to play. Is that is that part of the overall thing, or is that too simplistic? Well, if they had, I know Neil Connell get a bad rep, and I understand why. Um, but what I would say is that success, if you're successful doing something, then it's up to somebody else to try to figure out how to stop you doing that and changing the whole entire, you know, the way you play. And Neil Connell have been so successful playing the way they played, and they're just extremely good at it. And Martin Regan. You know, I know he was mentioned from a from you know potentially being involved in the county setup at one point. Is an exceptional manager and has got a huge amount of buy in from from that group of players because you know he grew up with those. He he was there in two thousand and five. He's all like there's such a bond there, and they've created that bond. Now I suppose the big challenge from a Neve Connell point of view is when that old guard eventually does 
you know, the last of them drift off into the sunset. What happens then? You know, and, and I suppose that's the big question. What happens if Martin decides, okay, this is my last year or next year's my last year? What comes after that? Just a bit like the Donegal setup. So there's a lot of questions that'll be, be asked and answered about Neil Connell over the coming years because we are very much in a period of time where we've had 15, six, 15, no, 19 successful years where we've been there, thereabouts. And to put that into context, prior to that in the entire history of the club, we'd only ever been in one county final, which we lost in, in 64. So from our perspective, it's, it's a case of, well, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And if you want to change everything, then come and beat us and then we'll have to think about it. Yeah, that well, listen, I, I think the way it is, John, there is particularly we need Connolly, they're the best at it. And when everybody else tries to do it like them, uh, they tend to come out on top because they are just, as you said, that's what they're good at. And I think the other teams fall short. And you said it's up to the other teams to try and expose that one that will be trying to, I suppose, expose it and beat them would be St. Unions. I was at their game, uh, on Saturday evening. It felt a wee bit scripted, uh, which, you know, I'm not faulting anybody for this. It just felt that. You know, there was a certain rhythm to the game. Uh, in fairness, St. Noel's well set up. Uh, you know, Stephen Griffin doing power work there and hitting one four as uh, as well in, in the game. And Unions taking the last 10 minutes before they actually kind of pulled away from them. The Donalds were back as well. Um, Gary, what, what what's your feeling from St. Unions going into this, Gary, in terms of the last two seasons in, in particular uh, under Rory? Uh, there, there, I suppose there has to be trying to get back that form they had from, from, from two seasons ago, the way they went down to Ulster and, and ran Glenn very close. We probably didn't see the same uh, heights last year in the Championship. Yeah, you know, but suppose, you know, looking at then as well, they had one fourteen on Saturday, as you mentioned, without the three Adonals, and suppose in particular Shane and Niall, no Niall come off the bench, the boys only back from America this week, so it'll take them a week or ten days, suppose, to bed in. Like you think of Shane and Niall, if they're playing 60 minutes there, they're going to add another three, four scores each to that there. So you're talking, you know, they're tapping around the one, 120 mark then. And for, for you, you're supposed to beat Glenties, you know, you talked about they're the, they're the team that's that's there, thereabouts to really challenge them. You know, they have the players probably in terms of uh, skill, mobility, fitness, strength, and they probably can go at them in a different way, maybe more than other clubs, because there's just so much quality throughout the field. As I said, to you, they can. I think you know if if they could work their game when they had one fourteen against a very good organised Knolls team at the weekend. I mean, you think of Knolls. You know, Brent McCall, um, outstanding season for for Donegal. Patter Morgan, one of our best prospects for the future for Donegal, was super before he got that unfortunate injury this year. Stephen Griffin being a stalwart for years for them, you know the likes of Stuart Stuart Johnson. The the Sonal's going to be fine, you know that they're not going to be. I, I think they're they're, they're going to stay in senior championship. People might be tapping the ground, but I can't see that. I think they're going to be pushing pushing for that top twelve to try and get into that. Um, so like you know to score one fourteen against a team well organized without the likes of the Donalds, you know to come back into the team and so you're probably going to have to look about. Hatting around that twenty point mark, you know, to to try and really go out. If you look at Glenty's at the weekend, they had three twelve. You know, if you, if you can try and be, aim around that twenty point mark, you know, you have a good chance of them beating Neil Connell. So maybe that's something's in their armour. I wouldn't expect Rory Cavanagh now to be named this evening or in the backroom team after what happened last year. You know, you can expect him very much to be staying with St. Unions. He kind of came out and said that. 
So he did, and uh, how it affected them last year. So it did, his name been linked to the Donegal post. He, he felt it affected them in the run-up to that final. So, you know, it'd be interesting times going forward. You know, they're the top two in the county. The minute people talk about the top four, I think there's a top two. It's the two of them by a good wee distance, you know, and it's and then it's like three, four, five, six, maybe. Yeah, the general feeling, I suppose, is that unions have a certain amount of talent that, you know, that's why tactically it's very interesting to see. A lot of people think that they're the team to maybe open up a bit more. Mm. We've seen shades of it. We've seen them leave players up. But then when it comes to the likes of Eve Connell, you know, they go back, it's a similar type game. And that's why, as as, as John was saying there, Eve Connell are so good at that. Do you need to kind of change your own game up a bit? It's always a difficult one because you don't want to leave yourself like, Exposed. Um, John, one of the interesting games of the weekend was, was Ghidorah against um, uh, McCool's. Ghidorah liked losing a load of players uh, to, to a couple of the injury and then players immigrating. Uh, real, 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 real tough time, time for McNeely. But he, he certainly, listen, there's a good vibe down there. The players are happy. They're training away. And, you know, a lot of people think this could be a tight game. But, you know, even though Washington Gallon was, was heroic as ever, nine points out of their 11 total. Gidor posted one uh, sixteen, a, a cracking goal from from his bro um, uh, uh, to, to to turn the game in, in Gidor's favour and, and a good start for them. Yeah, and listen, Gidor will be there thereabouts. I think you know we're judging Gidor from the heroics, say four or five years ago when they were exceptional. Um, they won Ulster, and you know they were they were the standout team, and that that. Team is constantly being is the is supposed to barometer for every other Gidor team, and they've fallen off that. There's no doubt about it. But then they've been unfortunate with you know players away, players injured. Like Michael Carroll was back this weekend. Um, you know they'll not be easy for anybody down the line. You know I think they've fallen off. I don't you know think that maybe they're you know at the standard maybe of Neil Connell and St. Eunice at this point in time. But I, I definitely believe they'll give anybody out there a, a run for their money. McCool's, you know, um, you know, they're, they're, they're doing really well. Ashton Gallon had another good game. I think he scored nine, seven from freeze. Um, you know, they're, they're, again, they're pushing, they're growing. Um, they'll be disappointed because they're probably earmarked the Skidor game, um, as a result because maybe they felt Skidor would be a bit vulnerable. Uh, but all in all, I think it was, you know, Skidor will be, a difficult opposition for most people, and I suspect that they'll definitely be in the the last twelve, and if not the last eight. And then with the open draw, who knows? It's going to throw up some very interesting pairings because with the seeding system, it became very predictable over the last four or five years because it just was the big four, and that's ultimately what happened. Which is very disheartening and discouraging <clears throat> because you lose that opportunity to have what you would call so so called novel semi finals and potentially novel finals. Like if you remember back in the day. You know, when, you know, St. Michael's were in a final, I believe Kelly Beggs were in a final, you know, that was the seeding system that was completely eliminated. And mm-hmm. now what it does is when we get to the last 12, last eight, it throws up the fact that, you know, some of those teams that maybe didn't have their day out, um, and have very modest ambitions have the opportunity maybe to play in a county semi-final, county quarter-final, which is great for them as development for their club and development of their underage players, which will make them stronger as they go forward. Yeah, I also was out at Glenswilly yesterday. Uh, they had a great victory over our draft, or a very promising 
a successful league uh, after the match I caught up with uh, their manager Parik Boner Parik after a very good league campaign successful one and the championship and, and off of the great victory where Joe? Ah yeah look we're delighted with that there look you always going in with a bit of interpretation you don't know what's facing you when you're going into the first game um, you don't know like we had a kind of poor enough game in the first in the, the, I would have thought in the league we, we weren't really ourselves in that league final but we got off to um, a good start with five points at half time against into a stiff win so like when you have the firepower that we do have you're always confident then you're going to come out and probably tag on the scores and I think that's what happened Yeah we've seen Donegal football criticised a lot um, there's always a thing with Glenn Spoiler they're going to have a cottage were you surprised our draft left so many players in the forward line it looked like you was, you was sit and counter on them Not you did control a lot of the play but there certainly was more space then in their defence because of that uh, yeah look at um, teams seem to be doing that against us this year so um, you know they're throwing three and four up top you know so um, it, it uh, can and it can't work um, but I thought like our boys Dahi and Oshin uh, Dahi Galea and Oshin done well and finding that space because that's what was happening it was on the half forward line it was allowing us to get the ball up and get the runners back off them and, and Michael and, and Copper coming around the loop so um, yeah it was brave of them um, but look at you know they, they had to go for it um, and uh, you know we were happy enough with the performance I think we can throw that first half even though they came back to one on a point I think in the, at one stage they hit two or three on the, on the bounce but then we stretched at the five at half time and ran out comfortable then Yeah it looked like at that point you yeah, came back to five four they had three in a row it was the only point I think there was kind of a real contest and now you just controlled it you came into the game you lost uh, Rory Crawford you lost your, your, your captain as well just pre, pre-match Karmic yeah, yeah. Is, is that just a, a, a uh, It's just an, it's a flare up of an old uh, knee thing so we were look at there's a hopefully four, four games so there's no point in risking it because one thing we have is plenty of half-backs you know what I mean so we were able to, to flip somebody straight in and if the way we train everybody's getting a chance to we play 15 on 15 at training so everybody's knowing the positions that they're going into um, but no he should be grand um, for next week um, poor Rory just got hurt in a challenge match two weeks ago so he's broke the leg in two places so thankfully no operation but we'll probably not see him this year um, but apart, apart from that yeah, everybody's top top notch after I suppose your number of seasons here you're seeing progression there's things happening at underage at Glenswilly obviously last year a lot of people talking about your quarter final you know how close you came to knocking out Neve Connell mm. are you happy with, with the squad you have this season that you can challenge oh jeez yeah like I, I we probably left the Glenty's game you know just disappointed because we, I don't think we believed enough do you know what I mean? I think if, if anything, that's what, what beat us again that night. I'm not saying these beat us fair and square and they were the better team on the day, but I think a wee bit of fear came into it. So the, we've, <laughs> the boys have been kind of waiting for this all year since that we left that place at Dolan Park last year. Um, look, we need everything to go for us um, for it to happen, but yeah, like, we don't want pulling from the same resources that say, like St. Unions have and, and like the hard work that Nick Connell have done to build what they've built. So that's what we're aiming for to get there. Um, we've got a young side, so if we can keep that together, there's no reason we can't be tipping about that so-called top four and, and Tyler your brother he has a bit of a mastermind uh, plan for this championship you still me I well he's a master plan, plan, plan for everything he just doesn't tell me most of the time <laughs> um, but no look at like you see Savvy and goals there um, and uh, Cahill there with the reserves too Tyler's doing massive work with them since the beginning of the year you know um, and really uh, like it's, it's really paying dividends the way we were able to get our kickouts away and just keeping the boys on their toes all the time and Savvy was brilliant under the high ball which was a couple of them came in you know so for a man of his size you wouldn't be expecting it but that's because of the hard work they're putting in look there's a good feeling in the camp they're great young fellas um, we have a buzz around here and we, we, we know, everybody's together all the time we go for our pints together and that kind of stuff so yeah no, it's a good feel to it like we're enjoying ourselves yeah great catch up with Park there what a natural guy uh, Gary you know he really looks like he you know he's talking there about going for a few pints with the boys and 
you know, he's a nice relaxed attitude. I was looking so, at some managers at the weekend, a wee bit pent up and stressed and shouting at refs and that. And listen, I know we all do a bit of that, but he certainly looks like someone that brings a nice vibe to the thing. You know, he, he wants to promote the team, get them to play well, but he's also very much under the bond of the players and I suppose enjoying your football, which maybe we're not seeing enough, you know, uh, uh, at club level. Yeah, listen, Porig and Kieran Charlie have done a super job. So they have, you know, Porig, who's originally from the Dunlow Club, and he would have played, obviously, with Dunlow, and then he would have worked in Dublin a long time and would have actually played Oliver Plunkett's up there and would have played with the Brogans and club championship up there. So, like, he knows his football and he's played to a good level. And he's Kieran Sharkey alongside him, who's a super trainer, you know, he's a coaching officer up in St. Pat's Academy, Dungannon. He's actually employed there full time. That's his, that's his role in the school. He coaches the GA team, so he does in the school. So, you know, the two of them work well together. It's their fourth year at it now. Porig was in with our minors, took them, won a league title, Division Two league title, them then took over the seniors, so he did. And listen, they've been, it was a difficult job for him to take them over at the start. It was very much the end of a team, so it was. And he's he's had to move a lot of guys on, and he's brought a lot of new blood and did. And you know, we probably it's helped him that we've got to the last two minor finals the last two years, and he blooded a lot of those guys. And this year in particular, and probably he had a nice um, place to do it in Division Two. You know, where you could put quite a few of them into games and test them and see are they able. You know, whereas you mightn't get away with that in Division One. So you know, Division Two is not always the worst thing that happens to you. Um, sometimes because those boys are well ready now for senior championship, they have a one mentality. So they have that's come together from one and all the games in in Division Two. You know, and how me and John were just talking off air there. He was saying he remembers in two thousand five when they won the championship. They were in Division Two, and you know, won our championships as well in uh, twenty thirteen. We actually were in Division Two that year as well. We went the whole way to an Ulster Club final. So, you know, that's why I was saying earlier about Donegal as well. You know, it's not always the worst thing being in Division Two. Yeah, and this they, they, they didn't uh, chance Cormac Killen yesterday. He a bit of an injury, uh, Rui. Um, Crawford, of course, a bad injury a few weeks yeah. back. A bit of a blow. But listen, on the plus points, we savvy and Nets, he was, he was top class, even under a high ball and coming out the pitch. Say, the defence was solid. You know, Sean Wogan, uh, brilliant and, and chipped on me one, two. You know, it was great performances there on Levy. And I thought Diagle Day, you know, Copper rolling back the years. Murphy, listen, was off in the decoy there. He, he didn't have to put himself about too much. He did what he needed to do. So, uh, encouraging performance uh, from from your lads and a lot of people wondering should it get into that open draw of the quarter as John was mentioning earlier you know Glenn Swilly wouldn't fear anybody No listen you know from listening to Parry's interview you know yesterday as well he talked about the game against Glenties you know in the park last year they were going well against them but just you know he was talking about they didn't have the belief probably that they could beat them you know and you know they probably gained a lot of belief from that game and one and all year in Division Two has increased their belief as well. So they're they he has moved them on year by year. He's done a super job, him and Kieran Sharkey. So, so they have, you know, and he'll be looking to take them another wee step this year further than he than he took them last year because it's just a, a, an upward trajectory every year. So there's an Unfortunately, he's lost the likes of Rory Crawford to a, a nasty leg break, and we we wish him all the best. He's one of the stalwarts there of the team for years in the back line. So it'll be unfortunately the end of the season for him. So it will, you know, but 
you know, you talk about Carmack Callum's a big loss yesterday before the game, so as our club captain, you know, Carmack would have been Ulster School's all star as well, so he would have been for the Cookford St. Union's College in the past. Um, is it really top, top player for, for us in Leeds, by example? And, you know, is it kind of in that mid range there now? You know, the Glen have a nice mix at the moment. You know, they've a few of the old heads still hang, hanging about there. Then they've a few of the mid range players, and and they're they have all, a lot of those young lads in the last two minor teams were really chomping at the bit and biting at the heels. Anyone's not not uh, you know uh, keep, keeping up to speed with things. I mean, they're in there, they're knocking on Parig and Kieran Sharkey's doors there to to get in the team. So it's a nice blend. It's a nice mix, you know. Um, it's, but it's, listen, it's one game in, and it's a difficult tie away to St. Nalls next week. As I mentioned, the, the boys earlier, you know, it was difficult down there last year as well. Very, very difficult tie. And St. Nalls, of course, beat us the year before, so they did, and deservedly so. So it'll be a tough game for them going forward just again. But I think, you know, the good thing about it is there was plenty of opportunity for people there over the weekend, Bren, you know, to go and watch games. It was brilliant to see the game on Friday night. Um, the Glen or the Glen Friend and the St Michael's game, that that was great. You know, when clubs only get two home championship games in the year, so they do. So it's really their payday, so it is. And yeah, with, with games, with games being spread out at a, at allows bigger gates. That means then you know, say for example, um, if Glen is your playing have a home game in our drive, home game, then try, it makes sense to have the two of them, you know, running concurrently after one or because people will move between one to the other or between ourselves and yourselves, between the Donald Park and, and the Glen Swally, they'll move. As long as we have the move. product, as long as we have the product, Gary, which again goes back to the, the overall thing, which we, we have a, hopefully a cracker coming up. Just before we do, Kilcar beating Clohanili, uh 16-11, mm. performance with Clohanili, you know, my, Mark McHugh in goals, but like Savvy, you wouldn't know who you find in goals now. You know, even had a 40. Apparently, <laughs> Birdie hitting 10 points. John, just looking ahead to, to a couple of the next week's fixtures, you know, um, Leave Collins St. Junins, you know, after <laughs> now I'm going to talk about this league final, and I just did. But listen, we'll forget about that. We'll park it. Uh, uh, it's championship now, and it's it's certainly the, the tie of, of the weekend, uh, John. And as, as Gary was saying, it's a home gate, and very important for the club in terms of, you know, finances and, and keeping the whole. Thing rolling. St. Unions, Neil Collins always a big deal. Like there's been there's a lot of history between the club clubs over the last twenty years, twenty five years. And it, it it's always it's always worth going to. I suppose the entertainment values haven't been there, levels haven't been there for the last couple of years. You know, it was interesting, you know, listening to Gary early on saying that, you know, if St. Unions are going to be at Clenties, they'll need to be hitting that twenty, twenty one point range, judging from the weekend's game. But like I would love to go to a St. Unions Plenty's game where one scored 20 and the other scored 21. That would be a break from the norm. But again, I think it'll be a very cagey, low-key affair. Um, it doesn't have any huge relevance as regards how the championship is going to end because ultimately, um, while whatever team loses may be under a bit of pressure and if you get a bad draw in round three, then you could really be under tre- pressure. But a bit like the Senior All-Ireland Series right now, you get so many bites at the cherry that you can have one or two bad days and still be in the hunt at the end of the year. So, I don't think you'll see the level of intensity. I think it'll be very useful from a St. Unum's point of view to get the Donalds and players like that back into the fold again, let them see some competitive championship here in Donegal after their their uh, efforts in Boston where they were successful. So um, it'll be interesting. I don't think ultimately it'll, it'll make a difference to how the championship is going to work out and who's going to be the, the ultimate winner at the end of it. Uh, uh, but it's it's definitely worth going to see what's what's happening with the top two. Another game in the sagas, right? Uh, John, listen, two, two, two teams started me one and another two teams started me one in games. It's an interesting one. Gidor making a long 
run the Aru out, Gary. This is a bit of a test now where Aru are at because they seem to be getting better and better each season. Gidor, you know, had a good performance at the weekend. That should be an interesting match. Yeah, it's probably one of the standout ties behind the Glenties and Unions game at, at the weekend, you know, and you think about it then as well. Looking back at the league earlier this year, Gidor going really well, and then Aru gives them a thumping down there. Aru very much gone with a, um, you'll not like to hear Bryn, but very much a defensive game. So they have. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Glenn, or Guidor had a super score at the weekend. I think it was 116 they had. So we know it'll be great to see, you know, teams like that there rack up scores like that again this weekend because that is the way forward for us to get out of what, 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 you're, what you always talk a lot about. You know, it, it, it'll be, a, I, I think it'll be a real challenge for them. So it will. Arua had the derby, of course, with four masters last weekend. They had a super league kit. Campaign. They got over the derby last weekend, although you know it wasn't the most attractive game. They're not going to care about that. There, all they care about is get the points on the board and get back into the next round. You know, they're probably they had in the racks last year as well, so they're going to very much look, look at this as a scalp. You know, whereas maybe Unions are very much looking at this weekend as well. You know, I think it, I think between Unions and Glenys again, it would help Unions more if they won. It would give them the belief that they can beat them again, you know, after losing out in the final this weekend. You know, I don't think it would have as big an impact on Glenties if they lost, um, you know, because they knew that they beat them last year as well. And it's interesting to go back to the keeper part that you were on about, you know, Mark McHugh playing the Nets for Kilcar. You know, he's he's probably been away a lot during the year with Ross Commons, so he maybe hasn't been about for training. So maybe that's where that's come from. And obviously Savvy and the Glen, you know, he, he just injuries have caught up with him and he just wasn't able to play outfield anymore. As a man said to me <laughs> recently during the week, the, the goalkeepers become in the graveyard for the forwards. So, you know, <laughs> but it, the, 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 if you, you could, might still get a game, Brendan Nets, you never know. Um, it was a time, Gary. I Paddy me and Nets at your employer there. One year, so it can happen. Hey, John, just John, I don't want to keep you too long. You're under a bit of pressure for time, but John, four weeks in a row, we're going to have the games coming thick and fast. It's the likes of St. Michael's at home to Kilkar, Clahonili now at home to Milford. Must one games, you know, and will they get a bounce from being at home and and, and get it? You know, it, it's vital now if if you lost an opening day to to win your home game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, and so Michael's are probably unfortunate in that regard with the draw because you know Kilcar, maybe where they're not maybe the force they were a couple of years ago with you know team getting a little bit older and injuries etc cetera, etc cetera, are still going to be very difficult to beat down there. So you know they were unfortunate in that point of view. But you, you know when you lose your first game, you're automatically under pressure. You you know your room for slipping up is very much curtailed. And the second game, particularly given the fact that you don't even know what your third game is going to be, and you could be out of the championship in the blink of an eye. And the top couple, you know, top three or four teams can get away with that. But if you're one of the teams that's, you know, you know, going to make up maybe 10, 9, 10, 11, 12 in that kind of preliminary quarterfinal setup, you need to be, you know, at least coming out of your first two games with two points to set yourself up and give you a serious crack at it. Because ultimately, then if you don't do that, you're looking down the barrel of a, you know, a dogfight in a, in playoffs, et cetera, et cetera, which most clubs don't want. Um, the only good thing about that system is, is that it makes for competitive football for all teams right up until the very end. I suppose back in the day when, when we were playing, uh, you know, you had your home and away. And if you, if you got beat, it was Sayonara for the summer. So you spent a whole year and you were out of the championship, maybe in the round one. So there's pros and cons for both. But I think what you find now is a, a bit like the All Ireland series. A lot of the top teams, 
are playing and going games and going through formalities. Like as you said about the Senegal game, it seemed to be paint by numbers. You know, Urans were going to get there. They were put under a little pressure for a couple of minutes and then they responded. And then it went back to this mundane, let's keep the ball for 10 minutes type stuff. So when it's, it can be beneficial for some teams, I think ultimately there's a golfing class between the top couple of teams and the rest. And that ultimately leads to that when those teams are playing, you end up in very, very one-sided affairs that don't benefit anybody. Yeah, yeah. John, listen, I know you got a hit on there as ever. Phenomenal. Thanks so much for your input there. I'm just going to throw a wee question to Gary and the intermediate and junior there. You keep up the... Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, man. Keep, keep up the good work, John. I'll check you as the, as the weeks go on, all right? Take care, Top man, John Gilday there, of course, former Neve from Donegal. Star, Gary, uh, we're going to go more in-depth to intermediate juniors as the week goes on. You know, there's a lot to cover this week, yeah. especially Jimmy's news breaking. But was there anything across those championships? Obviously, the massive one was the Downings, uh, uh, Bundoor, and obviously a big one for Neve Columba last year's beating finalists over Fanet as well. Uh, junior junior, and intermediate getting up and running. The Ross had defeated in the... And the junior as well, many people's uh, tips. Uh, what did you make of the, the two championships? Give us a quick overview if you can. Yeah, well, you know, even just before that there, you know, John's point, I think it is good as well about the, about the senior championship. You know, it's good, because, Brendan, that you have that uh, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th involved this year because a lot of years teams were gone, maybe on score difference from that. Yeah. And I think you could, you could have some cracking games there. So you could, between those four and then 5th, 6th, 7th and 8th, as John said, it could be very even and you could have some cracking games and obviously the top, the top four get an extra week. So that's their advantage for that. I think the CC have to be commended for, for the new look to that, I guess people more games. I think it give more competitive games. Managers, people want championship games, you know. So it's good in that in that sense. Looking at the intermediate, um, suppose you know Terman had 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 a good one at the weekend. A lot of people talking to them, you know, they thought last year they would push on and get her and uh, be there thereabouts. Of course, they were beating the semi final by Dunlow and on to one of them after that. Fanny Gales ran Nave Columba very, very close, you know. Um, unlucky then in the end, you know, it was a two hour round trek for them, Brendan, from mm, the top of, you. From, yes. you know, the whole way, whole way into the coast to the next, the man's is the next, next stop Boston after, after Nave Columba. Um, <laughs> Downing's motor, nah, and, um, Bundoran was probably the game of the weekend and the intermediate championship. Downing's go, or Bundoran, Going very well to start, and Downing managed to claw, claw their way back into it. So that's probably the group of death there, that group A, because you have the likes of the two of them. You have Terman and you have Nave Columba. A lot of people wouldn't rule out the four of them being the four semi finalists. So, 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 so they wouldn't. So, you know, Bundoran are probably playing catch up already because they, they've lost that game. So it was a massive two points for Downing's on the board there. Um, I saw Paddy McAwee was huge scoring for them over the weekend. Then you had the local derby in Bokrana and Burt. So you had um, Bokrana, Edge, Edge and Burt and that there. Um, and then suppose Larkin and Gales ran Malm quite close. No one was yeah. expecting that to be as, as close. And then you had Red Hughes getting an important two points on the board against Narafta in that one. So that was mm-hmm. the kind of the roundup in the intermediate championship, you know, but mm-hmm. everyone is always looking to group A in that intermediate. That's that's the group of death, as you says. Uh, Gary, listen, as I say, uh, folks, uh, uh, Neve Patrick uh, uh, of uh, Muff, of course, coming up uh, in the junior championship, beating Norris. Karen Donna lost mm. out to Paul, uh, Neve Patrick uh, Lefford. And uh, I say, Narasa with a victory. Uh, Neve Connell in that Narasa game. Are you surprised at that in the, in the juniors, uh, Gary? We're always looking for what you call maybe a shock. Was that a shock? Yeah. Like, you know, 
it was it was a draw, wasn't it? It was three, four to thirteen points, wasn't it? Sorry, you're correct, Gary. See, uh, I, that's what I said. These glasses was a draw. A draw. <laughs> a draw last year. Um, what do you call it? That's my scrubbing there, Gary. Yeah, that's my scrubbing. I, I'm not sure if everyone realizes, Brendan. Obviously, the Neil Connell people realize they have actually four teams in the championship this year. So they have the three teams in the league, and they entered a fourth team in the championship. So again, you go back to your top two in the senior championship. Unions have four teams, and now Glanty's have four teams. You know, so the GA is really strong in both of those clubs and and the areas. And if you looked at the Dave Connell team sheet when the names are listed, so that was their second team. You know. So it wasn't as if that was their third team or the fourth team. That was their second team playing the junior A. So massive for them, supposed to get a point away to Narasa, local derby, you know, next door, be next door to each other. And I think it's a way forward, Bren, for Donegal GA is to have, um, you know, every team stand on their own two feet. To me, reserve football's dead for so many years now, and we have to change it. You know, so your second team stands on their own two feet and your third team, they stand on their own two feet and they play in the championship that they're able to compete in. And if they, if they get relegated, they get relegated to the next one or they get promoted, they get promoted to the next one. So, and I think that's really the way forward. And, you know, it'd be great for the likes of, you know, likes in Arasa, maybe having ex-All Ireland winners coming in when the name Connell team, you know, or County Dr. Maguire winners coming into their ground on the day, you know, I, I think it definitely is the way forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're also hitting the 13 points. You would think that when a team hits 3 4 against you, get, you must have had maybe they had a bit of extra, um, I suppose, scoring power if they'd have been able to notch a goal. But listen, uh, uh, and the keeper saved a penalty later that's on, right. and they're also keeper as well. So he did, you know, that's but, right, that's right. But, that's by right. all accounts, so that's right. connected yeah. at, 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 at the end as well. Okay, thanks as ever for rounding everything up and keeping no Yes, group catching up with the two lads on the Senior Championship. If you want to log into HighlandRadio.com, you will hear the podcast. And on the podcast, myself and Gary McDade talk a bit about the Intermediate and Junior Championships, as well as that there's an interview with Vice Chairman of Glenswilly, Barry Malloy. But that's all from the DL Debate this evening. Stay tuned. The Monday night sessions is coming up. They are live from... Blake's Bar in Letterkenny Jimmy and Paul get along to Blake's Bar if you can if you're listening live we a great show in store uh, I want to thank Kenneth Wilson here for producing the show head of sport Oshin Kelly I'll speak to you next week The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen